TWV, Together with Veterans. It is an initiative aimed at reducing suicide rates among veterans in rural areas by the VA Office of Rural Health. Rural veterans are 20% more likely to die via suicide than those residing in urban settings. TWV seeks to create public awareness to help reduce the stigma surrounding mental health while encouraging people with such challenges to seek assistance. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. Another initiative to develop community-based support run by veterans is training selected Air Force personnel in approaches to healthy living. A third is partnering with veteran-associated organizations to incorporate suicide prevention into their outreach and support activities. These are just a few examples of the expanded interventions to meet the challenge of preventing suicide by veterans. Through its Reach Vet program, the VA is also active with approaches on the individual level. We continue to learn more regarding this personal prevention support from the Regional VA Medical Center in Aurora, Reach Vet Coordinator Benjamin Kramer. You mentioned peer support specialists. How does one become a peer support specialist for those who may be interested? If you were happen if you happen to be connected to the VA, you could just ask any person you're connected to, say, I've heard of a peer support specialist. I would like to know more about this, more about how the program works, maybe even potentially becoming one myself. Um, and then I think potentially, you know, utilizing any other point of contact you might have. Are they going to need any prior experience or training in the health field to, uh, to do nope. the service? Are you going to train them? They will get, yep, full training. It's, a, it's an entire program unto yeah. itself. And, of course, the cri- one criteria is, though, that you have to be a veteran yourself, as that is the whole point of the, the program. Are you finding any that you have to do more treatment of vets over 45 versus those that are under 45 regarding a suicide? So I, I think the only thing I know about the age component of, uh-huh. of treatment is that typically older generations are often less um, motivated for, you know, coming in for treatment than the younger generation. Yeah. Now, that's a generality, right? Obviously, any you take any sample from any, you know, VA, it, everything could look completely different. But, um, you know, typically it is it does appear that the older someone is, um, they might also have more supports if they're older. So they might not think that they, you know, need it. Um, there could be a plethora of reasons why that's the case, but we don't normally try to think of it from kind of just which age group is receiving treatment. We just want the focus to be on if you feel like you need treatment, we want you to come in and let's get going. So it doesn't matter which uh, experience you may have had in Vietnam or in Afghanistan, you want them to just come in because those uh those incursions were fought two different ways, and you could have two different experiences there. Correct. And we also talk about, you know, military competence, right, and cultural competence. And we want to recognize that although certain, you know, um, groups of individuals such as, you know, younger OIF individuals versus older, you know, Vietnam or any other era, we mm-hmm. know that there are there's differences to those groups. And so really, if, when it comes to suicide prevention, which does translate, you know, to mental health treatment, we do want to focus on what we know about that group culturally and then target that in whatever useful manner we can apply it to. Is this something that the vets who are dealing with it, It's uh, you mentioned a while ago, there may be something in their lives that may trigger, they, they may be dealing with this for the rest of their life. So... Uh, 
Is that something they really can't say, well, I've been treated, now I'm going to be okay because 20 years later something may happen and it'll trigger and bring them back to it again? That is a great question. You are essentially describing the the lifespan of, of mental health treatment, right? The goal typically of mental health is to, you know, make someone's symptoms better and improve their lives regardless of whatever their symptoms happen to be. That is the idea behind the recovery model is that right. if you ultimately end up having a permanent um, mental health di- diagnosis, the point is that that's not a death sentence, we can not only work to make it more manageable for you, but also still allow you to live a life that you enjoy living. And that could look differently, right? That could mean maybe someone comes in every couple of years for, you know, some maintenance therapy to just kind of, you know, make sure everything's okay. It could mean maybe someone has to be hospitalized once in a while because symptoms flare up. But once they, you know, address it, they can kind of go back to normal. But it does beg the question of what does that look like as a, you know, for everybody? And the answer is it's individual, right? It depends on what you have, what your struggles are, what your, what your strengths are. And that, yes, you shouldn't be afraid to come back in. It's not a failure of person. If you, you know, got better, you will, you've been okay for five years, but all of a sudden your depression starts sneaking back up. It's okay to come back in. It's okay to come back in. That begs the question. Can the VA give mental health services to veterans who may have a mental health issue that's not service connected? Yeah, so obviously the beginning of that question stems from what someone's general eligibility are. Uh And if they are eligible for mental health treatment, then that is, yes, that is true. Then whether or not they have a specific service connection for that or whether they just have broad eligibility for mental health services. If they have the eligibility, they can show up and knock on the door or or dial the number in this case. Mm -hmm. And uh, you guys could give them some help then. Yep, absolutely. We right, we ask we we ask what are what's going on? What do you need? Place the appropriate consult and go from there. Yeah, yeah. Because I wanted them to have that information as well to say I, I, I didn't. This didn't happen when I was in the army, but it's happening now, so I can't go. But they can go. Tell us about the Compact Act. Yep. So the Compact Act is something that went live on January seventeenth of this year. Oh, okay. And it's. Yep. It's, so it's very new. And it's this idea that the, the VA is going to pay or uh, provide treatment for eligible individuals um, during emergent suicidal care. So that could include, you know, paying for the transportation costs to get to an ER mm-hmm. um, and, and the follow up treatment that could be at a VA place or it could also be at a non VA facility. That care and treatment could include up to 30 days of inpatient care and up to 90 days of outpatient care. So really, the two main things are the VA will pay for the care no matter where it happens, and it will um, it matches this either inpatient or outpatient um, criteria or, yeah. or episode of care. And that also ma- matches some of the physical um, needs a veteran may have, too. You can get them the same way. So. So that's great to know. That is great to know. How did that yep. come about? Because you wanted to match them up, or just found that you needed to get the service or need or the, the services to the veterans the, any way you can. Yeah. I, so I think one main reason why this came out is that for as long as I can remember, VA, the VA's number one clinical priority 
is suicide prevention, right? And that applies to veterans who aren't, you know, who we've never met before, who have never, you know, touched VHA, the Veterans Health Administration, or even maybe the VBA. And that we know that this is a, you know, a crisis for veterans and it is also a struggle and crisis for non-veterans in America. And it sounds, this is just, I think, the next evolution of how the VA continues its reach to try to support veterans at their hardest and worst hitting times when they may have had a recent suicide attempt or they find themselves in crisis right now. You said if they had a recent suicide attempt, is that one of the warning signs we need to look for, like uh, increased alcoholism, anger, rage, those types of things veterans or their families should look for, which may indicate they're going to need some mental health support? So, yes, there are certainly risk factors that play a role in, you know, a general assessment of, of someone's, you know, suicidal risk. You know, prior suicide attempts are certainly one substance use, uh, mental health concerns. Those are others. Um, as it pertains to the Compact Act, it is about a, a, a crisis in the moment. So if something happened, you know, three weeks ago or three years ago, yeah. right, that doesn't necessarily trigger Compact Act. But to your other point, yes, any awareness of someone's circumstances and their risk factors are things that people who love them and family, friends, et cetera, should be aware of um, as potentials to say, hey, I've noticed A, B, or C. Have you thought about, you know, getting treatment? Have you thought about asking for help, right? Doing, you know, kind of just presenting the idea and hoping that stem, you know, something stems from that. Is that the best way to encourage veterans to get treatment, just what you said, and maybe some friends building on that as well? I think, yes. You know, we know that information sharing is typically better received from people you have close relationships with. with. And so, yes, I would imagine friends, family, and other veterans, as you know, it's definitely reported how there can be incredible bonds between veterans and their fellow um, service members. Yeah. And that it is. It's that, and that connects to that peer support idea that we were talking about earlier. And that, yeah, it's one thing for the VA to give a PSA saying, please come in if you need help. People's, the message when it comes from a friend or family or another veteran is, I would assume, a stronger message. And if they need to do that, the uh, crisis hotline number is 988. Is that correct? And is there another number that they could use? So, of course, the 988 number is the new Veterans Crisis Line number. You have to press 1 to get to the Veterans Crisis side. And that is a way to not only sort of get connected to um, a, a suicide prevention coordinator like myself, and then we can assist with kind of telling you how to get how to begin the process. Um, hopefully, if you don't have to be in a, you know, in a crisis in the moment, you can just reach out to your local um, VA facility. You can Google it. You can go on, you know, search VA um, the website and figure out where is the closest clinic and call that number and see how to get the ball rolling. Should you or someone you know be experiencing some of the warning signs we've previously mentioned, among them anger, rage, mood swings, increased alcohol use, feelings of no reason to live among them, we direct you to call 988, then press 1. That's 988, then press 1, to reach the Veterans Crisis and Suicide Hotline. That is 988, then press 1. So that, so 988 is actually the new national suicide um, hotline. So yeah. anybody can call it. 
And then once you call it, you press one for uh, it to be rolled over to the the veterans crisis line. If veterans are feeling uh, some of the reasons, exposure to trauma, stress, isolation, um, you know, having trouble reintegrating back into society. And speaking of that, are we finding the uh, among the homeless are veterans who need uh, mental health support? So, yeah, we can hit on all of those questions. So one reintegration right from, you know, being a, from discharging from the military, yeah. that is a hard transition for, for many people. Right. And it is also um, a higher risk time period for veterans um, for attempting suicide. So the VA really tries hard to bridge them as they come out of the um, military to make sure that they don't fall through the cracks. And that they don't just slip down and then we don't you know, know how to help them mm-hmm. um, as it pertains you know, to homeless individuals and homeless veterans. There is definitely um, you know, strong correlation between uh, being currently homeless and having other struggles such as mental health or substance use. Yeah. And that, that we ha- the VA has uh, housing programs for those individuals. And we always encourage, you know, veterans, of whether homeless or not, that, you know, there usually is a resource that is already ready for you. We just have to, you have to know about it and or, you know, find a way to activate it. And you encourage families to let the veteran know about it if they see that that veteran is having troubles and challenge. Absolutely. It never hurts to call the VA and ask what can be done for this veteran under these circumstances. And there's no wrong door. We are a customer service based organization. It doesn't matter who you randomly call. If you tell them what you're trying to do, they will get you to the right person to support that. And the other reason why I bring that up was that at a women's veteran conference here about 10 years ago now, some of the ladies there who came didn't think they could come because they weren't a veteran and they were mm-hmm. they were assuming being a veteran meant you went into combat yep and they didn't have combat so i'm not a veteran so i i guess i'm putting that out there again for the women that are there you are a veteran if you've been in there so you can get the help you need. Yes, absolutely. Don't assume you are not eligible for something until you ask about it, right? Mm-hmm. A good idea for this and for probably lots of other things. Our appreciation for joining us again to Benjamin Kramer, the Reach Vet Coordinator at the VA Medical Center in Aurora. Once more, should you or someone you know be experiencing some of the warning signs we have previously mentioned, anger, rage, mood swings, increased alcohol use, feelings of no reason to live among them, we direct you to call 988, then press the number 1. That's 988-PRESS-1 for the Veterans Crisis and Suicide Hotline. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Grab the shots you need for COVID and flu safety. And many thanks to you as well for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.